Hey listeners, want to become an official Grunthead? Well, now you can, by becoming a patron over at our Patreon. That's right. When you contribute, you'll gain access to our supplemental show, Gruntwork Nights, a podcast not about the TV show Home Improvement. It's a lot of fun, and we hope you'll join us. Just visit patreon.com slash gruntworkpod to join. And now, on with the show. Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to stand behind a bunch of conveniently placed furnishings that hide the lower half of your face because we're going to Wilson's house. That's right, it's Gruntwork. Baby, I like it. Oh, baby, I like it. Oh, baby, I like it. Shimmy, shimmy, ya, shimmy, yam, shimmy. Keep going. Keep going. I can't. I can't. Keep going. Shimmy, shimmy, ya, shimmy, yam, shimmy. Welcome to Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement, where we work out your left brain and your right brain simultaneously. Ooh, muscle confusion. I know, I know. I am your host, Landon, for sale by Buyer Solano. <laughs> Joined always by my co-host, Truman Jumbo Jambalaya Caps. <laughs> Truman, uh, it's good to see you. It's good to be seen. And I tell you, Jumbo is the only size of jambalaya that I want. You have a small <laughs> amount of jambalaya and you're just left wanting more. <laughs> oh, we have a gigantic show, so I don't want to waste any time today you know what we never waste time on this podcast yeah. but especially not today let's let's get right to so, the things that we have to talk about first segment where we'll be wasting time <clears throat> perfect kaboom the preamble uh <clears throat> god dang something in my throat here we go <laughs> you become hank hill for a second <laughs> god dang god dang it bobby i got something in my throat big important thing we have to address yes we have a patron patreon sponsor one of these days we have to figure out what is that word i don't know what is the word yeah what is the construction that we're using patrons right in yeah (laughs) sponsor a pronunciation of something on our show she originally wrote in yes and i mispronounced her name yes then i did a correction on the pronunciation of her name and then i fucked it up every time after that and i think we're at about six times i've called her by the wrong name oh landon <laughs> landon 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 so for who i've been calling cheyenne her name is cheyenne and cheyenne if you subscribe at the 50 dollar a month tier <laughs> we will pronounce your name properly but until then it's cheyenne here's what i'm proposing yes i'm proposing that you and me yes mispronounce each other's names or even use the wrong names throughout the rest of this episode to kind of even the playing field uh well lando if that's what you think and of course the first one i go for is the one that hurts you the most and <laughs> it does that the years. <laughs> a chink in my armor uh then then I, I say look if that's what retro- reciprocity is then then uh by all means uh london let's do it <laughs> wow you got two in already i know I, i'm getting it in there it's like it's like the cold war thriller failsafe where the u.s government realizes they've accidentally <laughs> sent a bomber to drop a nuke on <laughs> russia so they nuke new york as a form of like like, hey, look, we, we were just, sorry, just JK. don't start a nuclear war. Yeah, we're, we're nuking ourselves. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that that's something to look forward to this episode. Yeah, look forward to us mispronouncing our own names <laughs> as opposed to, like, well, getting names wrong is already yeah. kind of my forte. So that's true. I, this that's is true. right in my wheelhouse. But it was me that was the one that fucked it up. So, uh, you know, I also called Kogi Koji for a long time. 
I, I'm happy to use these things until people correct me. I have no, I take no offense to people correcting me, are unless you, it's stuff I don't need to be corrected on. Are, are you are you saying this because <laughs> I knew, I, like I I knew that it was pronounced Kogi for like six months, but didn't correct you yes. on it and let you keep being wrong about it? Well, I'm I'm sorry. I at some point Kogi should be should be paying us for all of the times we've name dropped them. I know. Yeah. Sponsor alert. Um. Okay. Speaking of Patreon, yes, we have recorded. And we announced, uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, what our, we hit our goal, like yes. within a day. Goal! So, <laughs> we are about a month behind on getting this uh, goal post. Nope. I mean, that's what, that's what <laughs> We keep the setting the goal posts to... back. We move, yeah, we're, we're moving do. the goal We're posts. moving the goal posts. Um, Spoken by two people who played lots of sports. Yes. The, the goal episode. Yes. We decided was going to be us covering uh, Frasier Season 1. Yep, covering it in gravy and We've eating it. We've recorded it, we're, we're editing it, we're going to make it a... <laughs> that's, that's generous. Truman is going to edit it soon. <laughs> it's out there. It's coming, guys. It's going to be exciting. But it's a Patreon uh, exclusive. So yes. if you want to hear it, you're going to have to uh, sign up for gotta, some gotta Patreon. Got to pay up. Dollar, um, dollar bills, dollars. Here's the thing. So I, it's out of the bag that I'm watching Frasier now. Yes. I've started season two. Oh, you uh, have. I, I'm very excited. I came to a realization. <laughs> yeah. Roz is Jill. She kind of is, isn't she? She's she... got that kind of strong uh, throw it in the face of the the patriarchy. Patriarchy of the, the, the white guy that is, you know, one step above her in yeah. the power structure. Yeah. And she has a little bit of a southern twang. Although she's from Wisconsin. Maybe, but she has a little bit of a tang. She, twang. She has a little bit of tang, the astronaut orange <laughs> juice. Uh that and, and she also, is out of this world. And like uh and like Jill, she loves to have sex. She is all about <laughs> That's true. The sex. I'm only like four episodes into the second season and that is like firmly established oh oh it is very firm and it stays firm um no truman don't (laughs) so that takes us to a new segment on our show oh god i love when we get new segments i know i know (laughs) spitting everywhere well landon i don't know what you expected (laughs) this is the landon wipes down his laptop corner It's not even uh, appropriate for what the title of the segment's called. Tweet time. <laughs> okay. Shouldn't it be more of like a a, a bird songy? Okay, you know, I well, I, hope... I could whistle, but I can't whistle while I'm laughing. No, truly you can't. Well, we should just be less funny, which also is not. Hard and it for would us. make my mouth more of a gun shape, so all my spit would go directly to you rather than my computer screen. Well, if that's what the people want. <laughs> so uh, tentatively called tweet time. Brought to you by Kirstie Jeffries. Oh. It's the new, it's the, the beginning of a new month. We're, we're shifting who's sponsoring which segment. Tectonic shifts. We've got our, our, um, our, uh, gr- oh God, my brain. Work, please. Our official grunt heads, not our grunt head neighbors, but our official grunt heads who get to sponsor a segment once a month. They get to be reinitiated. They, they get their names called out again this episode. Yes. Um, so here we go. Okay. Tweet time. Yes. <laughs> I, I forgot the name of the, the, the segment already. Yeah, well, it was such a complicated name, too. So uh, we got a, a number of things to cover with Tweet Time. A, uh, people have reached out to us. A guy named uh, Mason has reached out to ask us. I love his jars. He, <laughs> As a millennial, I have to, I suppose. 
<laughs> he and from Portland. Oh, uh, Jesus, even more. Okay. Well, I don't know if he's from Portland. I'm saying you're from Portland. Oh, well, I you am have from, to, yeah, you're yeah. born with you're born in a mason jar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like that's your that's an, your womb. An artisanal <laughs> baby who my parents bought in like a, a a shop, you know, at the Saturday market underneath the bridge. And that's why your skin's so nice. You were pickled for so long and <laughs> <laughs> that's also why I'm so bitter. <laughs> oh, you're such a dill. Um <laughs> weed. Will uh Mason has these theories he he's playing back on our old um days of doing theories and connecting oh, universes those and i days. love it yeah uh Tommy i Westfall. love that there's someone else out there doing the work that uh you know the show has kind of not given us we, the we, opportunities for yeah because the show has started being about except for tonight's stuff. episode holy yes. shit oh my there's god there's a lot so we're gonna to get to it yeah. um he wants to connect home improvement with boy meets world okay um i think he has pointed out a number of connections. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of – my my personal take on this is that you have to – there's a lot of concessions that you have to give. Maybe this is something we Hot need dogs, to – Hot dogs, popcorn, we, nachos. <laughs> we need to consult with the fan theory world guys because yeah. I feel like they would say uh, – they would call this a same actor theory. Mm. Um, but when you have the same actor with different character names, it's a little – I know, it's a little strange. So he's pointing out Betsy Randall. Remember mm-hmm. Karen? Oh, how could I forget? Yeah, she's the mother on Boy Meets World. Ryder Strong was on uh, the season two Halloween episode. Yeah. Uh, Jenny's boyfriend. Yeah, 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 in the yeah, leather right? jacket, yeah. Um, Jenny herself has appeared on Boy Meets World. Okay. Uh, there, There's just a number of periphery crossovers that, you know, I don't... I, I never grew up on Boy Meets World. I don't even know where it takes place. Uh, it takes place in San Diego. Well, wait, no. Somewhere in California. It's a California show? It's a California... Well, the first season took place in, in Indiana when it was called Good Morning, Miss Bliss. And then oh. they decided, let's not make it about this teacher and these wacky kids. Let's make it all about the wacky kids in Who's California. Miss Bliss? Some late, look, I never watched it either. I just read okay. about it on Wikipedia, which is my experience with most of culture, in fact. <laughs> I, 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 so I didn't watch the show. I just uh-huh. know it's about wacky kids in California. Wacky cool kids. Well, I mean, they're... The, from what I have seen, which isn't – I don't think I've seen an entire episode, but I've seen clips and I've seen things throughout the years. Memory serves me. They have a, a kitchen layout uh, or a house layout very similar to the Taylors, only their kitchen is uh, where the living room is. Oh, but freaky. it does open up to the backyard where there is uh, the property line and Mr. Feeney, the principal, lives next door to them. Oh, shit. Isn't that right? I think. Fuck if I know, man. I know the principal's a big part of it, and I know that at one point he has, when they all go to college, he has to go back to college for some plot convenient reason. Are you reason. confusing Saved by the Bell with Maybe I Boy am. Meets World? Wait, I think I am, actually. I think all of that, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, guys. We're going to get letters about this. Uh, I was going to say, I, I wasn't confident, so I didn't say anything, but when you made up that, or when you said that... Uh, Good morning, Miss Bliss. Yes, I thought that that was a, sounded like a Saved by the Bell spin I watched. I watched neither Saved by the Bell nor Boy Meets World, so in my head they are the same thing. Thing. Much as I have always conflated the ending of Crocodile Dundee and the ending of uh, Romancing the Stone, and always thought that both movies ended with two people kissing on a sailboat in the, on a trailer in the middle of New York City, and neither of them do. No, no, no. Romancing the Stone does. Okay, I don't. I cannot remember the ending of either of those films. The ending of Crocodile Dundee is very disappointing. It's a bunch of people yelling, uh, like relaying a message back and forth by yelling across a subway platform. That sounds funny. No, actually, it's not. <laughs> That's not an ending. This is an ending. Okay, but please, go on with, with this this thing. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to draw attention to that. I love that he's trying to connect the dots. Um, it's not something I have the experience with to know how to do that. And clearly I don't either. This might be something we have to tap the fan theory world, guys. We're yes, I think we should. Let's tap that. While we're on this uh, 
trend of connecting universes. Yeah. We have another person, uh, Farah. Yes. Who has contact with Fawcett us. Majors? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have any context about their gender, age, geolocation, anything. I don't know anything about them. What, what world-famous posters they've posed for anything. <laughs> they are contacting us when, on Twitter, and I'm greatly appreciated of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they want us to... I'm using the gender... Uh, ambiguous they even though that might not be their you're you're a woke bay (laughs) uh want us to link golden girls okay i again i'm not super experienced with golden girls either yeah it's it's one of those things where um well you know let me so what they say is that there there have been a lot of guest stars on both i guess it's very similar to uh the boy meets world theory she does she or he or they (laughs) offer some suggestions here um Polly Holiday, who played Jill's mom. Yeah. She was on as Rose's sister. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Tim's brother, Jeff, who we haven't met, uh, is a funeral director Oh, on Golden Girls. Uh, Jill's high school uh, BFF. We met her last oh, yeah, week, yeah, Lee yeah. Garlington. Yeah, yeah. She is Rose's daughter. Oh, okay. So I, I can actually see a little more connective tissue there because there's nothing exempting uh, Rose's daughter from having been... Well, I guess she would have grown up in St. Olaf, which is where Rose grew. I mean, that's like a staple of the show. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I see more um, openness to that one, that theory, than the other one. And and so who's who's the, the, the landlord on Golden Girls where they have to, like, you know, because they're men dressing up as women to live there. <laughs> we have to go downstairs. What is, well, like, it, was he somehow involved with, with Home Improvement also? Uh, no, no. God, if we can connect Three's Company to uh, Home Improvement, that would be... A Herculean feat. Oh yeah, well actually I was doing a bosom buddies joke. But oh wow, we're we're just shooting and missing with our sitcom refs, aren't we? <laughs> a little bit, but that's okay. Um the last thing we want to go to is a, a visual aid, and I have uh some things here. We're putting the, the responsibility, the heavy lifting on your shoulders here, buddy. Uh, mine? Yours, yes. Mine? Okay. Here's what's uh what's going on. Uh I didn't expect this to happen, but here we are. I put it out there that we were recording tonight. Yeah. And I said Say hi if you want a, a grunt out, a shout yeah. out. Okay. And uh, we got <laughs> a interesting trend. That's all I said. I didn't give any specifications of how mm-hmm. to say hi. Yeah. We we've gotten a thread of gifts. Oh Jesus! Of, of characters and things waving at us. Oh God. Okay. And so I'm going to I, I'll take on saying who it is that is saying hi, and uh, you you describe the gift that is uh, being given to us. <laughs> I have to paint the word pictures. Uh, first up is Pod Therapy, who oh, hey. we talked about last week. Yeah, Pod uh, Therapy with the the masculinity report. Trust them, um, they're doctors. <laughs> and uh, I think it's safe to say now we recorded an episode, which is going to be one of our bonus episodes. We'll have more information on that uh, in the future. But yeah. uh, uh, these guys are great. They Very are great. excited. This is their their gift. When I said uh, say hi. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, Forrest Gump uh, cheerfully waving from uh, from the deck of the Genet, his boat. <laughs> <laughs> just, just giving a, giving a, giving a big old. Well, I don't know why me waving is helping anybody except you, who's looking at the gift. I know, but I like it though. It's, okay, it's, 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 it's the like loose wrist wave. Yeah, and I yeah. don't mean that as like a homophobic slur or anything. Not at all. Just, like the, like Philadelphia overly ex- uh, excited. You, you lose all traction in your wrist. It just kind of flops around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. The good, good natured wave of Forrest Gump, <laughs> thinking about how he won Best Picture when really Pulp Fiction deserved it. Oh man! So you can find them uh, on Twitter at 
pod therapy guys. Yes. Next up is Infinite Infinite Hoovian. Oh no, Landon. <laughs> How are you even looking at this right now? It's not easy. The only reason I can somewhat be in its presence is that people send me this gif all the time and I you you just you've you've built up a, you've built have, up an immunity to I it. I have built up a block list on my text <laughs> Chains. So it's it's a it's a picture of a of, well it's a bear trapped inside Landon's computer trying to get out. Oh Landon, I think it's escaped. Uh, it's a it's a Dude. massive massive bear sitting up and waving one of its paws at us. I I I do not have a fear of bears, even though this one is quite large. So this is actually adorable to me. I love it. A little Ursine hello from Infinite yes. Hoovian. Thank you. And Infinite Hoovian does uh, some amazing live tweets. You'll want to uh, check out the Twitter feed at uh, Doctor Who Fan Nineteen. Yes. Uh, next up is those uh, other eighteen Doctor Who fans. <laughs> fucking bullshit. But the nineteenth one, they got it right. Uh, Tom Bauer with uh, two M's. T O M M. Oh, of course. Oh, hey, well, I recognize this. This is uh, Tim Taylor uh, having broken open the wall to the bathroom in the opening credits of Home Improvement, uh, hoisting up his goggles just to make sure he's really seeing what he's seeing and waving at what I presume is a very protrude. We're seeing this from Jill's perspective. Uh, she's looking <laughs> at him in frustration, and he's wearing a Detroit Lions shirt and uh, doing a little wave. Yeah. It's, I honestly I got a little wistful when I saw that, because I'm like, oh my god, I haven't seen oh, that in a back while. In the day, back, back in the day. A couple we, months ago. <laughs> yeah, back, yeah, we were so sick of seeing him do that, as recently as like 60 days ago. <laughs> I know. Uh, I have no track of time these days. So, uh, that's the Tom, show will do that to you. <laughs> that's Tom Bauer, at T-O-M-M-B-A-U-E-R. Yes. Uh, next up is uh, one of our patrons, Tara Lee. Ah, Tara. Yes. Uh, the, the, the drama teacher from my high school. Hi, Tara Lee. <laughs> How that how that production of uh, of Into the Woods go this year? <laughs> I um, I'm desperately trying to pinpoint where this is from. I I know I think I know what it's you know from. where it's from. Okay, great. It's, so, it's a it's a picture of an adorable uh, uh, happy little smiling penguin waving and saying hello. I'm almost certain it's from one of the Happy Feet movies. Happy Feet. I was thinking Ice Age. That's where I was. Oh gonna, no, this isn't Happy Ice Feet. Age. Listen, I if I know one thing, isn't Happy Feet? Um, aren't they a little more photorealistic? Yeah, well, no, I mean, look... Could this be from Madagascar? Maybe, I'm... Look, my vote is Happy Feet, just because it's the one that's all about these. Or, uh, look, maybe this is from either Saved by the Bell or Boy Meets World. I know, (laughs) I clearly know nothing about those shows. You're just bullshitting everything. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, You finally cracked my podcasting code, Landon. (laughs) Uh, But that's a cute one, and it's the only one that actually says hello. Oh, yeah, well, we couldn't couldn't really figure out what the other ones meant. (laughs) Uh, So you can follow Tara um, on Twitter, at... Terra T A R A Dactyl. Oh, very clever word. That, that, there. that is soups club. So it's T A R A D A C T Y L ten twenty one. Oh, go ahead and do that, guys. So everybody uh, do it. I'm doing it. It's been great. I'm surprised you didn't make a uh, the first uh, one thousand twenty pterodactyls. Landon, I have some comedy have standards. Some. <laughs> there are very few, very few comedy standards. <laughs> Uh, this is the last one that we got. If any more come in uh, before we finish recording, I'll You're pull fucked. them up. But uh, oh, right, that yeah. <laughs> this one is from uh, somebody named Kirsty Jeffries. Oh, Kirsty, this came in at the last second. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is Stefan from SNL yeah. uh, making a Stefan face and uh, also doing kind of a loose wrist wave at us. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this one's very intended to be uh, the opposite of uh, yes. From guyism dot com, it looks like. Don't know how she how she found that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's great. It's a little, little, little bit Stefan. He's, he's probably telling, you know, uh, New York's hottest podcast is called Grunt Work. It's got everything. Two nerds who'd have nothing better to do, rampant sexism, and, oh, look at that, two glasses of water. 
that's 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 me, man. I should have taken an improv class. I could love it. Anything better? Um, anyway, that's been uh, the first edition of uh, Tweet Time. Again, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> Uh, you got to just write these things down. We got to get yeah. cue cards. We need I know. To, okay, if we if we hit our next Patreon goal, we'll have a guy in here. We'll hire a key grip to hold cue cards for us. <laughs> Thank you. So yes. we don't, it's, <laughs> right behind your head and right behind my head. Behind the one behind your head for me is just going to have like pictures of each of the boys with their name underneath them, so I can just look at it and see. <laughs> those are crib notes. You got to put those on your pa- uh, palm. No, man. But I, I, I like. I don't know. I don't want to fuck up my skin. Oh, fair. Okay. I don't care that much about the show. Uh, so if you've been fast-forwarding through all of our bullshit... Just uh, write now, the 30-second skip button. Now is the time to stop. I'm sure they heard it. Yes, exactly. Uh, because we're getting into this jam-packed episode. Th- I mean, this episode alone would be two hours if we didn't have 20 minutes of nonsense at the start. Yes. Um, Truman, do you have a synopsis for us? I do. When Tim and Jill learn that Wilson is having his house appraised, they fear that their beloved neighbor is planning to move. Over a Thanksgiving dinner at Wilson's wildly appointed house, they find out that it's true. He's planning to pack up and move to the jungles of Ecuador. Tim and Jill can't imagine a life without Wilson, especially once Tim meets the frosty couple who are looking to buy his house. In the backyard the following day, Wilson confides in Tim that he's moving to Ecuador because that's where he first met his late wife, Catherine, and that he hopes to feel closer to her by returning there. Tim quotes Wilson some Mario Andretti that convinces him that the best way to retain that connection is by staying where he is and keeping her memory alive by sharing it with the people around him. Meanwhile, Tim tries to dispose of a dead, rotted rat in his walls. <laughs> I appreciate that you ended on the joke because I was starting to get misty-eyed again. This was a this was an emotional one. This was a, this was a spicy emotional meatball. Uh, but before we get into that, before we get into our uh, dropping the spicy hot takes on how we felt about this episode, da da da. Da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. Guess that title. Is that like the, the is that the incidental music from Forrest Gump or something? Or <laughs> no, I just pictured a, a feather floating a feather. around in the wind. Thanks, Pod Therapy guys. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Guess That Title brought to you by John Smith. We're we're doing the rotations. Just like a feather in the wind in Alabama. Uh, okay, here are my options. Okay, uh, a plan, a beloved classic. What you talking about, Wilson? No. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Where there's a Wilson, there's a way. No. Wilson Voyage. <laughs> no. Thanksgiving for the memories. I like that one. No. Uh, I feel bad because you told me up front that you were almost certain I was going to get yes. it this time. So I feel like I'm missing something very obvious. You are. And, ah, uh, God. Uh, uh, uh. Mm. You want me to coach you through it? Yes. <clears throat> okay. I want you to to do your character characterization exercises. Okay. You are Tim Taylor. Yes. Okay. So this is through your perspective. Yes. Okay. What are you going to do on Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna eat oh eat my food. Oh, uh, some close close, but where are you gonna eat food? Oh no, in the garage next to my hot rod. Oh. We didn't even go in the garage this episode. Oh, no, no, where are you having Thanksgiving dinner? Dinner table. Where is the dinner table located? Wilson's house. Yes. It's called Wilson's house? No. <laughs> I characterized Tim too heavily and now I'm dumb. <laughs> okay, Wilson's house. It's it's Tim having his consumption of food. Dinner. Okay. Yeah. Where? Dinner at Wilson's. My dinner with Wilson. Boom. Kaboom. Oh, man. That's great. I guess this is the equivalent of bumper bowling. Um, wow. Okay. But, you know, if this was a board game, I feel like we would have been under the timer in getting that. 
great. We should play more categories or something. <laughs> um, okay. My Dinner with Wilson. Yes. I give that points. I give that points. Yep. Probably A minus. I still think that what you're talking about, Wilson, is better. <laughs> I get one good reaction on a joke and I just bludgeon it to death for the rest of our podcast. Oh, why not? TV shows do it. Yeah. Uh, this episode is directed by Andy Cadiff and written by Elliot Schoenman and Marley Sims, who we have spoken about ad nauseum on the yes. show. Uh, Molly Sims being the author of the the script that we have in Tool Time Corner, mm-hmm. Eve of Construction. How did you feel about this episode, Mr. Truman? I Mr. felt... Mr. Rick? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the game that we were playing. <laughs> uh, I, I, I felt, uh, I felt uh, good about it. I get Stan, because I can't think of a good, a good riff on your name right All now. Right. Um, I, felt, I felt good about it, actually. Um, I thought that it was... It, it had a lot of heart. I really, I really felt for Wilson. And so, I both yeah. like learning more about Wilson, and I really like it really spoke to me this gave a lot of depth to wilson and not only that it it like tim in this episode shows a lot of his own emotional depth in in the depth of his feelings for wilson and just how much he cares about wilson yes. which i feel like in the past we we feel like he kind of takes wilson for granted uh-huh. and i felt like tim did a good i did, tim was a good friend in this episode i he, completely agree yeah yeah he was uh he said all the things that he should have said in his Timminess, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not the most eloquent, but it, it comes from the heart, and that is rare enough for yeah. Tim. And uh, I, it, this is going to be a very contrived way of giving um, Earl Hinman some compliments. We we just could compliment him also. <laughs> He's a good actor. Yes. <laughs> well, you told me to not. You told me to be straight with it. No, 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 no. no. Be contrived. <laughs> I I think what what bothers me about award ceremonies is that they're you're never given character actors aren't ever given the their own corner. <laughs> exactly, god damn it. Oscars don't be more like our show. <laughs> if you're looking for new hosts, yeah, right. Hello. Um it bothers me because I think of people like Richard Jenkins, I think of people, you know, that these character actors that spend their lives toiling in these amazing parts and putting in amazing performances and never getting recognized. Yeah. And when they do, it then propels them to leading roles. And mm-hmm. so it's basically taking – there's nothing ever really giving um, the the attention and, and observance and appreciation of these character actor parts – uh, when it's due, I think Wilson's, I think Earl Hinman's performance in this episode is easily worthy of an Emmy nomination. Yes, even and though you can't see half of his face, it, which is even more telling about how amazing it is. Yeah, uh, and he was never nominated for the show. Yeah, I don't know if he was for Ryan's Hope or not, but uh, that that's a travesty to me. Like, yeah. I, I want there to be something better for character actors but you know well i think that that our show is it really this is what <laughs> this is what everyone aspires to uh I, I had such great feelings about this episode i wept a little bit i'm not ashamed I did, to say I, did, I didn't notice you weeping I, well you? i i pretended i you, uh, you wept you were crying on the inside I, it was when i went oh, 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 oh. Uh, excuse me i just had a sneeze oh man you were wow that all that all those acting classes really did pay off <laughs> I man know, right um I yeah I just I, this is one of my favorite episodes the season so far. I agreed. agreed. Um, it just it's it's very very good. Uh, let's what do you say we just uh, get out our um, waiting boots? No, we did the we did the New England version of digging last week. Let, let, let's open up the ballast tanks and uh, fill them with water and send our nuclear submarine uh, down into the icy waters of this episode. Okay, well I'll take it because it's a dive. 
but it's not a dive we've done before. We're we're on to digging metaphors. Oh, true. We are right. Okay, but we, we haven't done the sub dive, so I'll accept it. And uh, let's move on. Let's let's <laughs> dig into the ground while eating sub sandwiches. I don't know. Best of both worlds. We open on Tool Time, our first we and do. only Tool Time episode of this ep- of this episode. Um, <laughs> I know. For a second there, I was thinking like uh, I was just looking at Karn Corner and I'm like, where am I going to fit this in? He wasn't even on this sh- uh, episode, but he was okay. right here at the beginning. Yeah. So Tim and Al are on the set of Tool Time. Yeah. They do the uh, they're doing the Tool Time salute to left-handed people. Now immediately we get some information that. I found confounding in a way, and then immediately made me reflect back on the show. Uh, the whole show flashing before your eyes like the end of Usual of, Suspects. Because yes, I seem to remember mentioning it about Tim. What they reveal is, for keen-eyed observers of the show, which I felt like they were talking directly to us. No one has observed this show as keenly as we have. <laughs> um, for keen-eyed observers of the show, you'll notice that Tim and I, both Tim and Al, the Tim are and I. left-handed. I never noticed that about Al. I've never noticed that about Tim. I don't really notice what hand people use I, to do things. Now, if memory serves me, back uh, uh, in Where There's a Will, There's a Way, the, the Will episode where he's you know writing that out yep. late at night, Yeah, uh, I seem to remember commenting on him being left-handed. I, I, can't, I can't remember what I had I, for lunch today, so I don't <laughs> I really mean, know. I can't say for certain either, but um, the point being that I don't remember, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever noticed it with Al, yeah. uh, which is... I guess not that surprising, considering there's no, like, explicitly left-handed things, or maybe I'm just... Is this a bias? Is this something we need... Is this going to be, like, a new PC thing? I oh, gotta, God, like... we, have to, we have to check our privilege. We have to check our, our righty privilege. <laughs> we're, hey, we're, we're left-wingers, but we're right-handed. Uh, they also got me with... Um, they they start going through this thing of, like, uh, all the, the names that you have for us left-handed people. You, you Your left-backs, your left-outs. Uh, left-behind, starring left Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um... Are those actual? I mean, obviously, left out is a joke, but is left back or is that like a football position? Uh, I think left back is a is a term that they use for people who've been held back in school. But, oh, but I think that's I get I, the I, joke now. I yeah, I, I don't think that's actually something that they call people who are who are left handed. But Tim throws out southpaw at he, one point. He does, he does. But I don't know what's wrong with that. The South has some great cooking. Well, that's I don't. Yeah, well, that's not. Uh, and paws are adorable on dogs. <laughs> That's not part of the the jokes that they're making about names that are being called. But Southpaw, yeah. the well, yeah, yeah, you know what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what they're showing off are tools that are made for left-handed people. Yes, they show a lot of scissors. Yes, uh, Tim is very reckless with a lot of scissors. It made me very nervous I... the way he was cutting with those lefty scissors. <laughs> As someone who has cut their hand. Uh, and Truman almost just fainted. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. I forgot you, about your, your you, squeamishness. You talking about cutting yourself is like me showing you a picture of a bear. We both have our <laughs> squeamishness. I'm not squeamish about bears. They're just the fucking devil. Yeah, well, cutting yourself is also my version of the devil. <laughs> okay. I come from Fair. a very strange religious background. I have, uh, to not get graphic about it, I have cut myself a number of times with scissors. and Tim, Just to feel. Tim's recklessness of this was just like, it got my anxiety ramped up to 11. Yes. Uh, it was the spinal tap of scissor scenes. He makes a couple of cuts in a piece of paper, and yep. then he holds it apart to show that he has cut out the words tool time. Yep. Uh, there, were, there were a handful of interesting... Between that a left and, handful. <laughs> and the... Uh, <laughs> you're doing my, like, uh, cutesy hand on the... Or head on the hands. Yeah, that was just for you. But, Thank okay, you. share it with the whole audience. <laughs> uh, so there's a, no, a number of sight gags that they do. Uh, but I think they're kind of clever. Like, Tim doing this, like, it kind of got me. It was a, a sleight of hand that I'm like, oh, my God, how did he pull that out uh, after making some 
you know fancy cut work yeah um nope couldn't make a joke out of cut work i was trying to i'm gonna leave that entire gonna, pause in gonna there make a, a play on our podcast and i couldn't do it i i, I like cut what, what do you cut oh it's a it's a, you know a dj uh podcast cut those records that's a thing right i don't know yeah sure man i'm just gonna kind of let you dangle on this one i can't Thank jump you. in with my witty color commentary here <laughs> um and then they go over to have a shearing competition they have yeah. two big uh um, hedges hedges thank you yeah uh lucas hedges uh no over the hedge the oh, popular sunday comic <laughs> and you know just like the drywall competitions they're you know yeah chopping away of course tim has you know some big uh, uh set piece rigged where leaves are falling from the ceiling on him it looks like he's just throwing um stuff all over the place and honestly much respect for just the way this was set yeah, up like agreed. if you if i saw like if they did this in like a, st- a play on stage, it would really just work and be yeah. fun and whimsical. And it was fun and whimsical. It was. And he cuts so much that the two pieces of hedge <laughs> fall away, and he has basically carved a, a man. Yeah. Uh, like, Napoleon. Oh, Napoleon. That's why Napoleon. they played that weird militaristic music. <laughs> yes, exactly. Weird thing to cut out of a hedge, yeah. Napoleon. Also, there was one branch kind of sticking out of the front of Napoleon that looked kind of like a Napoleon boner, but I don't know. that Napoleon boner part. Oh, and the podcast is over forever. We can never get funnier than that. Um, I wish I was able to do flute music with my mouth, but uh, that's not military at all. I don't know what that is. That's five. our yeah five five out of ten. Is that your rating? Yeah, of my... yeah, yeah. five out of ten flutes. <laughs> we are entering Karn Corner for yes. this episode, uh, brought to you by Tara Lee, uh, who we've already mentioned once. In this yeah, episode. man. How about that? Um. Here's I I pose a personal I now here I'm a gonna personal question I'm gonna uh, apologize to you okay. I texted you and said do you have a question you want to pose to Richard Karn I and I was yeah. and you said yes and I said cool I have one I'm gonna ask him. <laughs> you know you, you you tend to have more insightful questions anyway but like, this one is so catered toward me yeah which is okay here's the question I posed to him uh as an amateur beard grower you're not an amateur you've had a beard like the whole time i've known you yeah but it's an amateur beard it's not it's not a borland beard it's okay okay fine can you concede that point i will concede i mean i'll take the compliment but it's it's not the the luxurious beard of borland yes um okay so as an amateur beard grower i'm always looking for advice do you have any simple tips uh tips for beard growth or maintenance yeah he gave me a one word answer perfect (laughs) That sent me down a Google rabbit hole I didn't know existed. Uh, his one word answer was "fuck off." Moisturizer. Ooh. <laughs> uh, this tells you how much of an amateur I am. I didn't know there was moisturizer specifically for your beard. Wow. I've used conditioner on it before sure. to kind of help it uh, go in the right direction. Wait, you but... said you don't shampoo your hair, but you use conditioner on your beard. I use conditioner on my hair every once, maybe like once every two months. Wow. But your beard more frequently. No, just whenever I do my hair. Okay. Interesting. It's a a full head experience. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said? I don't know. (laughs) When Um, she was advertising the night's plan? I don't know. Go on. (laughs) So beard moisturizer is a thing. I am going to look into this because if it helps me grow a beard faster and more luxurious, I want that in my life. 
because uh, I always get to this point with my beard where I'm like, okay, I look like it's like I had a date today, and I'm like, no, in the look middle, at Landon bragging on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I had I had a date today, and I, I was like in the middle of growing a beard, and I'm like, I look, I, I don't look how I want to look. Let me put it that way. I'm not gonna, I'm not fishing for compliments or asking you to uh, make fun of me, but. <laughs> I, that sweet spot in between. <laughs> right in there. You just want to exist as a person. Exactly. Um, where I'm like, I, I, if I was somebody else, I would shave my beard. I feel like that's the thing that I'm supposed to do to look clean cut and whatever. But I have such a baby face and I look like a baby, not a 36-year-old man. Yeah. Um, so I want I – want, have you ever tried growing a beard? Oh, no, 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 neighbor. <laughs> oh, my God. That, I, I, hold on. Wait a minute. You thought I was possessed for you, a second? You, like every character from Home Improvement came out of you at once, <laughs> Inclu- including like including Sir Larry and all yes. of the, all the weird supporting. Yeah, characters. you emerge from a trunk all of a sudden. Uh, no, no, I would look. I I may look unnaturally young as it is, but were I to try growing a beard, I would look even more young. I am just not a facial hair dude. Okay. It's not a thing. I mean, like, I, I can respect that for sure. I think you've, you've got a pretty good uh, goatee line, though. I know, but I don't want to be a goatee man. Okay. Yeah, I, that, that takes a certain panache to pull off. I, you know, I, uh, I, I just, I don't know that it's really this, more than anything, also, it's just more, more hair to have to maintain. It's yeah. more shit to have to deal with in the morning. True. And trim, and more, and there comes a point at which, then, if I want to shave it, it's going to be a more difficult thing than just using an electric razor. Yeah. I will say that when I was playing the acclaimed video game Red Dead Redemption Two, in which your in which your uh, in which your cowboy uh, character has a beard that kind of grows in real time and yeah. can be trimmed various ways, I made a point of basically just like always shaving the beard, but just letting the I let the mustache grow unfettered to the point that I had this massive Sam Elliott stash <laughs> by the end of the game, and I that felt really good to me, ha- yeah. kind of living vicariously through this video game avatar cowboy's. Uh, 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 <laughs> facial hair i'm not gonna lie uh the entire time you were talking i was trying to visualize you with a sam elliott mustache <laughs> well dude you Honestly, have to use so many cuss words i think you could i think you could pull it off well you know maybe all ter- well <laughs> i yeah i I'd, I'd pull it off but it's not i'm not making it's not just me being affected by this decision i would yeah. have to run things by uh our, my girlfriend who's also one of our sponsors true and yeah. if, if i lose my girlfriend we lose uh, a chunk of our patreon change Fair, yeah. so it's it's our whole enterprise is riding okay on i didn't realize i had stake in this uh so and you're vegetarian so I am you don't veg- want that yeah exactly well uh if she is on board with it just know i'm on board with it and, and, uh, and the two most important people in my life have signed <laughs> off. Well, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think I would hope that uh, Richard Karn would uh, sponsor it as well. Okay, well, then then the, the three most important people in my life. <laughs> um, wow, okay, well, that's, okay, whole whole yeah. regimen of beard moisturizers. You're going to be like uh, Patrick Bateman of, of beards. Just like, <laughs> just like those facial masks? Yeah, exactly. Only around my beard with <laughs> a moisturizer. Just a, a lengthy monologue about all the different things you do to your beard to make it look good in the mornings. <laughs> uh, and to be completely on the record about uh his response he did say moisturizer sunglass emoji nice yes nice always always uh so that is this week's carn corner brought to you by tara lee let's get back to the episode one other thing before we leave the cold open okay the uh grunt creep just kind of slides into the picture at the very beginning oh, yeah. and they're doing their tool time salute he starts to salute with his right hand and then uses his left hand instead and then he yeah. takes a table dive uh, <laughs> into the void do presumably think, do you think that the grunt creep Wants to be crowd surfing, but there's just never a crowd. The Grand Creep seems to be uh, as clumsy as Tim. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. 
know. I, I could see that. He seems a little, he's got that kind of wild streak in him. Yeah. Yeah. I've never wanted to, to crowd surf. Have you no, ever? No, I, I've never wanted to be touched by thousands of strangers. <laughs> I've never even wanted to be touched by a single stranger. Uh, oh, man. Uh, so we start this episode, <laughs> 40 minutes in, uh, to the kitchen, where Mark is bringing down a bunch of pine cones shaped like a centerpiece. Yep. A big old, big old pile of cones. A pile of pine cones that he is... Uh, put together as a centerpiece for their Thanksgiving at Wilson's house. It's true. Yes, uh, Jill is uh, thinks he's throwing out some junk, but uh, doesn't realize that it's a masterpiece that he's been working on. I think he's a very underappreciated artist. I will stick up for Mark till the end of time. Good, good for you. He's lucky to have a friend like you. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a gift right now. Okay. I'm I'm ready to receive it. You you mention it on the couch. God fucking damn it, Landon. No, no, no. You, this is the gift. I made a note about the calendar. Yeah. In the kitchen of the Taylor household. Yeah. I'm not going to give it. Wow, okay. Yeah. Thank thank you. You're welcome. All of our all of our fans who only tune in for our calendar content are just <laughs> gnashing their teeth in fury right now. Uh yeah, I mean I know I noticed the calendar and I heard you furiously scratching away at your keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I just I knew what was happening, but thank you. You've you've surprised me. You've shown me that everyone can change. Uh, Tim comes in, and yes. immediately he can uh, he can't seem to identify a smell that is kind of percolating his nostrils. Yeah, something stinks. It stinks like the loot fisk that uh, Wilson makes around Christmas time. <laughs> and both he and Jill start walking around the house. Smelling everything in a wonderful bit of physical comedy. Yeah. Jill following like half a step behind Tim, and they're both leaning around, sniffing. You can't see me, but I'm leaning the way yeah. they were. This is the, like the second time she's pulled out a Groucho Marx bit, and I thoroughly love it. It was it was really good. They like, walk over close to the camera and sniff around. <laughs> they walk over close to the door. They walk up by the computer. Just she never misses a beat. Like they had yeah. to choreograph this, and I like the the thought of that in rehearsals. A lot of this episode was carefully choreographed. Yes. I think, uh, especially as we get into the later scenes yes uh so eventually the smell leads them like a pair of well-trained bloodhounds uh to a uh to the wall um it's the wall where the framed and autographed picture of the hubble telescope yeah. is hanging we'll call it the hubble wall from now on. yes the hubble <clears throat> wall uh and tim smelling this wall surmises that it must be a dead rat in the yep. wall and i have a point of order now, okay okay granted <clears throat> i can't speak to their area of detroit's Maybe they have rats there. I, I mean, I feel like most places have most rats. Most places have rats, yes. But if you're talking about an animal in the wall, and especially one that dies, in Michigan, generally, it's wolverines. <laughs> God, but they claw their way through. It's a nightmare if you wake up with one, you just a hole over your ceiling and uh, a wolverine in your lap. <laughs> exactly. Somewhere in your room, you can't find it. Um, it's more than likely going to be a squirrel or a rat. Mm. Or a bat. <laughs> a bat, not a rat. Uh, you shouldn't get it mixed up like I mixed up Boy Meets World and uh, Saved sure. by the Bell. I'm certain, because we had squirrels inside of our walls all of the time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Have you, did you ever consider just that you guys should have moved into the tree and let the squirrels have the house? <laughs> like, why not Why not try doing a, doing a life swap? Uh, yeah, you know what? I didn't. We don't live there anymore. So now that opportunity is no longer available. Yeah, and the opportunity to live a full, happy life in a heated house is gone for those squirrels who you presumably killed. <laughs> hey, they killed themselves by getting into the, the chimneys. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
<laughs> Smoked Squirrel. One of Wilson's favorites, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, so, from the wall, uh, you know, Tim Tim is excited that there is a uh, dead rat in the wall, you, yeah. no matter how inaccurate to Michigan it is. Because, as he explains to Jill, this means I get to smash a hole in the wall. And then we get a literal smash cut <laughs> to the next scene in which Jill's image, Jill's frowning perturbed image is smashed out of the screen. And we go to uh, the same spot a little yeah. bit later. Well, when it smashes, there's a little rat that runs through the, the void. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we go to later. And uh, the uh, Jesse, the James gang is all standing around holding garbage bags with uh, bandanas over their mouths ready to rob the train called the Hubble Wall. <laughs> it's like it's like Hemingway with you sometimes. Uh yeah, the the boys uh the boys and Tim have all got kerchiefs tied over their faces because of how uh, how nasty this rat smells. Tim has has cut a couple of uh, perfectly square holes in the wall. And is rummaging around in there looking for it. Yeah. This uh, is very reminiscent of uh, Wild Kingdom. Oh, who could forget? The fifth episode where they are reaching into the wall to pull out a snake. Yes. This time it's a rat. I would say just reintroduce the snake to eat the rat. Yeah. And then you introduce whatever eats snakes. Mongooses, dude. Oh, mongooses. Come on. What eats a mongoose? Uh, uh, Wilson, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you put Wilson in the wall. <laughs> or Hawk. Hawks, oh. hawks eat snakes. I would love to see a hawk flying around in the walls of a house. That would be weird. One of the most amazing uh, photographs I've ever taken was at the Griffith Observatory. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were on one of the upper levels yeah. looking down. And everyone was like so interested in something. And we didn't know what it was because we were so far separated. And I was just taking pictures of the city and everything. And uh, it wasn't until I got home that I was looking at it. And in the sky... There was a hawk. Yeah. And from its claws, it was holding a snake. Oh, shit. And so all these people down below were up, were watching this uh, nature attack happen. <laughs> and the, the hawk eventually dropped <laughs> the snake <laughs> over the crowd of uh, people at the Griffith Observatory. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Drop it. It was snake bombing people. <laughs> and the weirdest part is that that hawk's name was Ethan Hawk. Oh, I was going to go with Hudson. And that and that snake's name was Snake Bliskin. <laughs> Boy, did he escape <laughs> from LA! It was not as good as his previous escape. Um, yes, that's true. So you know, uh, but Hudson Hawk also a pretty good escape artist. <laughs> that's true. Yes, um, Andy McDowell. We they're trying to get rid of the rat. <laughs> they have their garbage bags. Yeah, Randy's making fun of him, asking him, "Are you sure it's a rat?" Yeah. Uh, you know, he's pretty sure. Tim's yeah. wearing a Western Michigan University shirt. Yeah, represent. Um, another thing, uh, I can't remember. God, I, bad bad podcast host here. Someone reached out recently and said, oh, you should start mentioning the shirts that he's wearing on air uh, from, you know, the Michigan schools and places. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that, and I also don't remember their name. That Oh, you did? Okay, so it must have been on Twitter somewhere. It was on It was on Twitter. Yeah. Um, bad podcast hosts, Port of Call, Los Angeles. <laughs> but Western being the college that he went to that yes. my dad also went to um, roughly around the same time. Gruntwork Connections. <laughs> There's another Gruntwork Connection later in this episode. We'll so get there very soon. Stay tuned. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, it's the next scene. So he goes rummaging. He finds an old glove, but that's not what a rat is. Uh, and now with the wall opened up, the place stinks even worse. Jill gets home, points out the place stinks even worse. Uh, and then w what makes the situation even worse is there's a knock at the door, and it's a home appraiser who's shown up. Ding dong! Character actor corner. Brought to you by Spencer Kimball. The dance moves. 
the dance moves, Those guys. Are just for you, buddy. Where we get, uh, it's great. That's great. I shouldn't be sharing them. It's just a little thing between us. We're such good friends. Okay. Character Actor Corner brought to you by Spencer Thomas Kimball. Uh, this character actor playing the appraiser is William Thomas Jr. <clears throat> uh, he was, he, uh, is he still alive? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't say. IMDb doesn't always update these things. But he hasn't worked in a little while. But uh, he was on um, shows like Golden Girls. Okay. The Bernie Mac Show, which I think was uh, underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the West Wing. Ooh. I'm, I'm actually I'm doing a, I'm doing it backwards from usual. I usually go older to newer. He was on Thunder Alley. I was just telling when Luke yeah, was yeah, on, yeah, I was yeah. telling you about Thunder Alley. Yeah. Uh, so he was on that uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Okay. And we're gonna play our meta game. <laughs> Does it need a... The metagame just gets sound effects. Yeah, yeah. I don't, know why, I don't know why every game needs a theme song. <laughs> I... uh, the, the, for those that are just t- tuning in, our meta character actor corner game is, was this character actor on ER? Okay. You're uh... bringing out the metagame quarter. Okay, okay. Uh, heads, he Watch was on... the glass in your laptop. He- heads, he was on ER. Tails, he was not on ER. He was on ER. No, he was not. God damn it, coin. That coin has been zero for zero. I know. I should just go back to you guessing on that. Yeah, coin. exactly. You're yourself, you're, I think, no, over, I, you're over 50%. I had a perfect score. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, why would you trust a, an inanimate object? I don't know, man. I don't know. My, uh, you know, I also trusted my computer to save a bunch of my notes, and it did not do that. So I really learned my lesson about inanimate objects today. Well, there's your problem. Um, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Uh, that's been the first of three character actor corners. My right? God, three this episode. This is a supersized jumbo. Uh, we episode. might we might do a double one in the next scene though. Yeah. Um, so character actor corner. What is this appraiser here to do though? Well, he's here to appraise the house. He takes one whiff and says, "Ooh, probably gonna be a pretty low appraisal." Yeah. Uh, and pretty soon, uh, Jill Jill says, "Like, well, we didn't we didn't ask for an appraiser to come." And it turns out he's got the wrong address. He's actually yeah. heading to the house next door, Wilson's house. Yeah. Well. Uh, you know, Jill shuts the door, sees the appraiser off, and starts talking to Tim about, like, why would why would Wilson be appraising his house? I mean, what, what would he be doing? Do you think he's going to sell? I don't know. He couldn't be selling. Would he be selling? I don't know. I hope he's not having financial problems. Tim says, well, he's been wearing that hat for a long time. And uh, then they go back and forth a little more. Jill says, I just, I don't know. There's just no way he'd sell the house. And Tim goes, I don't know. I smell a rat. <laughs> Which made me laugh pretty loud. It did. Uh, can you give me any indication over what this note is for? It's for Wilson. Uh, oh, it's uh, the, the, the centerpiece. No, the, the appraisal. Oh, the appraisal. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what that note is. A gen- yeah, it probably has This to whole be. episode is for Wilson. <laughs> we get a uh, tree transition to the backyard mm-hmm. where, um, the entire Taylor family dressed to the nines are yes. heading over to Wilson's house. They are going through, uh, the secret garden, <laughs> the hole in the garden. Uh, hole in the what do you call it? The hedges, yeah. Um, the fence, the I don't fence, know. yeah. To to head over to uh, Wilson's place, they all have different uh, dishes to bring and pass. And, yeah, and Mark is carrying a centerpiece, yeah. his his large, conspicuously large pine cone centerpiece. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah, a personal question. Yeah, is my hair getting? Is my hair as long as Brad's is? No, you're getting close. <laughs> but okay. no, no, no. Brad's is getting to the point where it's shaggy, and I'm like, get a haircut, hippie. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it's getting so shaggy to the point that I'm like, zoinks! But uh, this is not that. Okay. Um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I lost my place in my notes, so I need you to, to cover for me. So they get there, they knock on Wilson's door. Wilson answers it, and, ah, yes. and uh, you know, Mark is first in line. He hands Wilson the centerpiece. Wilson picks up the centerpiece and then steps into view with it blocking his face perfectly. <clears throat> 
thanks them for everything, uh, and invites them to come in. He hands off the centerpiece, steps out of view again. Jill hands him the pie that she's baked. He picks it up, steps back into view, smelling the pie so it blocks his face, and then they all go inside. <laughs> uh, so, okay, I, I'm a little hesitant to go into our theories again. Yeah. Uh, but this is the first time we've seen inside Wilson's apartment. Yes. And uh, Inside Llewellyn Wilson's apartment. <laughs> we used to have a theory that Wilson could potentially be the father of Jason Voorhees. Yes. Now, there are two instances in this episode that give further evidence to this theory. And is one of them the huge amount of masks that he has that on is, his That's a huge one, yes. There are so many masks. <laughs> uh, the other one is, he oddly says, step into my haven, not my abode, not my blah blah blah. Um, now, not my yada yada yada. Not my yada yada yada. Haven is a very specific location in the Friday the 13th campsite universe. There's Higgs Haven. Mm-hmm. It's in part three. It's one of the main characters' uh, residence. Um, interesting to me that he would choose the word Haven to, to have people. I mean, it's not even... The, the word is welcome to my abode. You yeah. Know? Um, Don't be the word haven. police. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be the word police. But <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's interesting that he's using Haven. When uh, Friday the 13th is out there. It's, a, it's tentative. I understand. It is it's, tentative. It's very loose. But, you know, I'm Grassman's Ross. That's all fan theories are anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. I wish I could uh, connect that he has a pet bird, which we're just learning about. I wish I could connect that to Friday the 13th somehow, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tim Tim takes a look in the quote-unquote tropical room, and we don't see what he sees, but we just hear a bird go, Nah, good to see you, neighbor. <laughs> which is the first of the number of rooms uh, that we hear explained throughout this episode. I couldn't, there were so many, I couldn't even write them all down. I, eventually on Frasier, Niles moves into a large luxurious apartment, and a joke is just that there, he's constantly referring to different rooms that he has that are <laughs> ridiculous, and like like the gift wrapping room and other such things. And this felt like a, a, a goof on that, even though it came out before. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's, so, he, he has the tropical room, and, uh, uh, looking ahead it doesn't matter yeah uh, randy is the one now we've talked on the show many times already um since we've been introduced to randy's bedroom that randy has a thing for masks yes and randy is the one who comments and recognizes all the masks on the wall yeah he he starts by saying wilson is this a new mask yeah and it turns out to be the circumcision ritual mask yeah yeah uh from from some god knows which country <laughs> um and it, so he sees this. I mean, uh, at some point, Mark goes over and finds a big suit of armor and asks if he can try it on. Right. Uh, I got. I mean, there there is so much stuff in this house. Like we, our fingers exploded trying to take notes of all of it. So here's my question to you: Wilson clearly has been mythologized. Myth. Now mythologized. Mythologized. Yeah. Good fucking god. Mythologized. Yes. Is that the word? Yeah. That that has sounds the word. better. Yes, that's the word. <laughs> Is this what you pictured Wilson's house looking like? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you look a little dejected, though. No, I don't look dejected. I'm just trying to think, like, if I... Because I knew... I remember vaguely this episode. Namely, okay. I remember specifically the bit where he is in the kitchen with the pots hanging down and blocking yeah, his face. Right. Uh, so I I didn't really spend that much energy trying to picture the inside of his house because I knew I was going to see it eventually. Yeah. Now that I have seen the pot of gold at the end of the Wilson rainbow... Um, 
you know, yeah, I guess this this suits my my expectation. I mean, he's an eclectic dude with eclectic mm-hmm. tastes, and he has an eclectic house full of eclectic things. He has, um, uh, apparently, maybe I misheard. I, I wanted to go back, but I didn't. A waterfall. Yeah. He, you, you caught that, too? Yes. Uh, you shouldn't go chasing it, but he does have a waterfall. <laughs> the boys ask if they can go see it, and he says, no, it's broken at the moment. But if you want, you can go play with my replica of the Orient Express train set. Which is down the hall past the something-something room and something room and something room. And right into the can. (laughs) Now, here's the thing about Wilson's apartment that... It's a house. Confounds me. Or, yeah, sorry, I live in an apartment. He lives in a house. It's not a house, it's a home. It's (laughs) It's not a home, it's it's a haven. haven. (laughs) Uh, All of this stuff, the suit of armor, the masks, the waterfall, the bird, fits. Mm -hmm. I get all of that. There's one item... In this house that completely demythologizes him to me. Uh, what is it? Wilson has a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he likes popcorn a whole lot. <laughs> Maybe he likes shitty popcorn from the supermarket, not the kind you make on the stovetop. Well, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. He like he's just he's an Orville Redenbacher head. What can you say? <laughs> he's a redhead. <laughs> I guess we all have our. He's our a Bacher flocker. Um. So they, they, to get back to the narrative of this thing, Tim and uh, Jill sit down, they, they're kind of kicking around, not asking him directly about this appraisal and whether he's going to move or he needs money. Uh, they start eating without the kids, which I thought was weird, and yeah. without Wilson at the table. It's weird. He's just like, go ahead, dig in. It's Thanksgiving. The kids are off playing in the other room. Tim and Jill sitting at the table. And Wilson brings them some wine out of a jug that he is holding up over his face and pours for them. It's it's funny. It's very weird. The what they decide to eat are so they both take a bite, Tim and Jill, and uh Wilson goes, Oh yeah, that's eel pie. And they both go you know, they do that uh without the verbal grossness that I just did. Yeah, that you podcast (laughs) listeners get to enjoy in your ear holes. Just put that on loop for like 10 minutes and... Uh... Fall asleep to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, here's my question about this, though. Ask. Eel pie. Now, this is... Right before I became a vegetarian, I was starting to experiment with sushi. Yes. And one of the things that I found I really liked, and I think is super common, are the eel rolls. Yeah. So why why is this disgusting to them? Uh, well, A, uh, you know, people in the 90s in the Midwest and sushi-type foods... Fair. Like, sushi was a pretty revolutionary thing, I think just generally in America at that point, and especially in, like, suburban Detroit. I don't (laughs) think there was, like, I'm sure now there's probably 50 sushi places in Hamtramck, Royal Oak, whatever. Uh, Back then, it was probably not as big a thing. Let me tell you something more disgusting than the noise I just made. (laughs) That's good, man. Before I moved, uh, and well, I guess it was after I moved, but while I was going back to visit, a sushi restaurant popped up in my hometown. (laughs) There and goes the neighborhood. They they had, you know, your quintessential spring rolls and uh, California rolls, all the yeah. sort of stuff. Spring roll, it wasn't an actual piece of sushi. That's a, <laughs> that's a Chinese uh, food. Hey, hey, wish they all could be California rolls. <laughs> California rolls, all, all that stuff. Uh, all the staples. But they had one roll that was named after the place that is the quintessential Midwestern thing. I'm getting nauseous just thinking about it. <laughs> Picture a sushi roll. Yes. Okay. Rice, your seaweed wrap. I've seen them before. Uh, I'm sure that they sprinkled some, you know... Nutmeg. Drizzled some uh, teriyaki or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Wasabi. Soy sauce. Straight down the center, where you would normally have your fish, your innards, whatever you want to fill those with. Melted cheese. (laughs) 
Well, Landon, I like cheese. <laughs> I love cheese. I live on cheese. I saw that, that big roll of goat cheese in your fridge. fucking disgusting to me. Uh, you know, uh, it depends on what else it's paired with. If you're just telling, I mean, like, you're, seaweed, you're, you're rice, and cheese. You're going to sushi. Sushi is notoriously anti-dairy. Yeah. There's nothing dairy about it. And unless you get one of those, like, uh, with the mayonnaise things that's kind of dairyish. Yeah. Um, well, it's got eggs in it, so it's pretty dairy Yeah. But, I mean, it's not cheesy. Yeah. When you're going, like, I'm gonna, I want sushi, cheese is the last thing on your mind. And to get it down, it's like stuffed crust sushi. Okay, but, okay, you're talking to a guy who loves stuffed crust pizza. Like, <laughs> look, if, if, I'm in, if, I'm, if I'm in the mindset of, of somebody in Michigan who isn't necessarily down with sushi and doesn't really know what sushi's supposed to be, like, that's shrewd business running, I think. That's why we have an obesity problem. I okay yes agreed but capitalism did that to us like there was a market for it so people okay. catered to yeah, it right, right. look I'm not saying it's okay I'm just saying it doesn't really nauseate me that much yeah I thought you were okay. saying it was going to be filled with I don't know like dead bugs or something like I that's guess gross that just leaves me to do that sound again just uh, to gross you out okay okay well <laughs> there you go there you go give the people what they definitely don't want <laughs> Well, why do we have less Patreon subscribers oh, now? Um, back to this scene and this uh, show that we cover. Um, they are... Covered uh, in what? Tim and Jill are trying to coax um, this information out of Wilson. Jill is really beating around the bus and saying, you know, you know, if you need money, you know, you can always come to us. If there's any problem whatsoever, you can always count on us, come to us for money, whatever. Yeah. And Tim's just like, are you moving or what? Yeah. <laughs> Which, honestly... Props to him. I mean, yeah, you know, I the way Jill was being about it was kind of making things weird. I agree. So uh, Wilson says, oh, well, I, I, I gather you, you know, the, you figured this out from the appraiser who came by. And he, he says, well, the truth is, neighbors, uh, yes, I, I am planning on moving. And the whole audience goes, aww. aww. I kind of, okay. Like, yeah. I, 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 I don't think that was cued. I mean, I mean, maybe it was. I just like that the audience is that invested in Wilson being on the show. But <laughs> yeah. they all they all took you know took that away from it. But he says he's gonna go. He's gonna sell the house and go live in the Mindonambia forest of Ecuador. And the, Tim and Jill both kind of like go what? <laughs> and uh, and you know, what Tim says to him, what what Nimbo Nam Nimbo. Mindonambia, Forest of Ecuador. Well, we all have that dream, Wilson, but we don't <laughs> act on it. And he explains, you know, what are you going to do out there in this in this forest? Tim's joke throughout the episode is mispronouncing the name of the forest, which is questionable at times. It, it does, but uh, you know, really, again, I'm so this is so not problematic compared to Tim's normal Agreed, normal yeah. setting. It's a uh, name of a place, not a name of a culture. Yes, exactly, or not jokes about Godzilla lip syncing. Yeah, uh, but so yeah, Wilson says, oh, well, I'm. I, you know, I'm going, well, once I get there, I'm going to live among the trees and refill my soul and replenish my life energy and discover my true place in the universe. And Tim goes, well, can't you just go for the weekend? <laughs> uh, and we get a crate transition. Yes. Um, big old Wilson uh, on the side of the crate. It gets taken out of the frame. And uh, we're taking it back home after dinner. Yes. The kids are bringing leftovers home. Yeah. Leftover eel, I guess, that all the kids <laughs> seem to like. Yeah. And what, what, what I, I found interesting, Mark didn't bring home his centerpiece. 
He just left it behind, man. He was like, what's it? You know, it's like people at, at weddings. It's always like, yeah. oh, take the centerpieces home with you because everyone needs a centerpiece. I think it probably got lost amongst the other pine cones in Wilson's place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably that. Or it just fell apart. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Or Wilson ate it. You yeah. Grill it as like a nice little after dinner finisher. Or, or when they were leaving, Wilson needed to keep it to block his face when they said goodbye. <laughs> uh, so... They get back home, everyone walks in, and they're all kind of talking about the fact that Wilson is moving. What I really liked is that all three of the boys are all, like, really sad that Wilson is, is leaving. Yeah, that, that it's tangible. You can feel it. Yeah, that I, I just love that these little kids, like, love their neighbor yeah. and are going to miss him. They yeah. they are truly extremely Christian. They love thy neighbor. I would say that um, he is officially part of the family. Yeah, which is also what Tim and Jill say. Yeah, well, that's, I guess that's probably where I got that from. <laughs> Because my memory ain't so great. Um, well, your note-taking isn't either, I guess. <laughs> no, it's not, because well, my next note is Kumbaya Gumbo to renew his soul. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, oh, I think that's, that's, that's him. Tim regurgitating the incorrect uh, name of the place. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're, you know, Tim and Jill are talking about how they can't believe, uh, what's gonna, like, what's gonna, what's gonna be like when, when Wilson isn't here anymore. Right. I mean, it, it, Jill says, it's like he's a member of the family, and Tim goes, I like him more than most of your family. <laughs> um, and as they're talking about this, Tim is reaching back into the wall to go rummaging for the rat again. Yeah, and he finds it. Yeah, an unexpected ending to this plot line of, <laughs> about the rat, like, I thought, like, okay, he's gonna rummage and rummage, and then... He'll find the rat at the end of the episode, and it will right. be something that he somehow fucked up. Uh, <laughs> right, no, right. he just full-on pulls a dead rat out of the wall and chucks it into a garbage bag that Jill is holding. Again, just like, it was a pillowcase in Wild Kingdom, but, uh, it's, again, Will, uh, Will, Jill, Jill holding, I am, <laughs> holding the, uh, the garbage bag and is the one that has to take it outside. Yeah, and... So, you know, there's this whole back and forth, or, you know, Jill is grossed out by it, and then, oh, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do? And and so she eventually hands it off to Tim, and Tim takes it outside, and she says, well, throw it in the garbage can furthest from the house. Tim takes this black garbage bag with the rat in it. Does does he tie off the top of it to hold in the stank? No, he just leaves the thing open and throws it in the garbage can. Tim, what are you doing, man? He is providing bait for all of the uh, future meals that Wilson will eat. I guess. When Wilson caps and caps caps them caps them caps, caps them, them in the just ass like with his gat he just you know over top of the fence bam 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 Hold take that gangster possum. style yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, look, you know Wilson like Tim asks if Wilson used to be a spy Wilson is actually in witness protection he was a uh, he was one of those boys in that hood <laughs> oh man um but uh, also in this scene he's kind of talking about um he calls Wilson his best friend he's like I know I'm, I noticed I'm, that. You know, I don't want to lose my best friend. And, you know, if he goes, who is it that I'm going to be able to talk to? And Jill's like, well, <coughs> whoever, ahem, who, ahem, whoever would you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was, she was making it very clear. And Tim goes, well, I can't, I can't talk to you about these things. And she says, why? And do you want to give the punchline? Because well, it's mostly about you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, honestly, Jill, that's kind of a gimme. I think you can understand why a man needs some non-his-wife friends in his life. Yeah, I mean, that's 100% true, but, uh, I mean, the track record of Tim and Jill, I would say they need a little more communication, and I think Jill's not exactly in the wrong about that. Uh, oh, look, okay, also fair, also <laughs> fair. Uh, we also get a little appearance of Sean Zilla. Yeah, I know, you spotted it. I was yeah. so hung up on the emotions of the moment, I didn't even see him. Now, here's the thing. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but uh, I, I've consistently 
refuted John Pasquin telling me that it, it was just a, a thing that was put there. We had it from the horse's mouth himself. Here's what I'm saying. Okay, I, and this is my question to you. Can I, can I turn your opinion? Okay. If, when we do our Santa Claus bonus episode, if there is Sean Zilla in a movie that he directed that is separate from Roseanne, yeah. that is separate from Home Improvement, yeah. will you concede that maybe, it might not mean anything, but he was lying to us. Okay, I will concede that. I will okay. concede that this man who has zero reason to lie to us <laughs> lied to us. If, because that would be pretty impressive proof if we see okay. Sean Zilla in Santa Claus. Fantastic. Okay, that's all I need. I, I, and I'll, I'll, I'm just as apt to concede as well Good. if it's not there. All right, we'll be watching it with, with binoculars held up to the screen. Well, you know how I am. Um, with you're being nearsighted. <laughs> That's how I watch every movie, just with uh, binoculars. Uh, we get a regular transition, and then we go to the backyard. Yes. Now this is a well. Uh, one thing they oh, they, they mention. Well, just they talk about what it was like when they first met Wilson when they moved in. How mm -hmm. like he's become such a good friend of them. They first thought he was a total weirdo because when they first moved in. Uh, he, they found him hanging upside down from the tree, imitating a possum mating call. Oh my and, god, I missed that. Oh god, yeah. It and, gives and, so much more context to a line <laughs> Tim has in the next scene. Yeah, and, and Tim go, you know, they go like, oh yeah, it was so weird. And Tim goes, and remember how many horny possums showed up? <laughs> how did I miss that? How did you miss Where that? Where was I? <laughs> I don't know, man. Were you taking notes on like, or were you crying at this point? Uh, that could have been. Was yeah, I was like, some? <laughs> preemptive crying. I was yeah. just prepping all my tears you're doing a disco cry and i had to like poke the tear ducts open because i'm like those are closer business <laughs> i have to actually you're, you're, open you're, them. you're squirting eye drops into your eyes <laughs> to simulate the tears exactly yeah um so we just get a regular random elements in the scene coming together to make a transition that counts as regular now <laughs> it does yes uh to the backyard yes people uh buyers are looking at the house yes and uh do you do you want to Take a guess as to what one of these actors is. Uh, well, I know what one of these actors is. Is it an actor? Well, it's... <laughs> but it wasn't a rock. It was a rock lobster. It wasn't an actor. It was a character actor. <laughs> character actor corner. I set you up to do the rock lobster instrumental, but fine. That's fine. Uh, okay. No, no, no. Please don't do another theme song. Brought to you by Cheyenne. Ah, very good one, Laundern. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Um, first... oh, I amuse you like a clown, <laughs> like a clown. I amuse you. This is a guy named Joe. We we're gonna do a twofer. Okay, two character actor corners and one because For the it's, price of one. It's a couple that yes. are looking at the house, kind of an older couple. One of them. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh I'm gonna start with the woman. Yeah, her name is Julie Cobb. Okay. Um, I love uh, her take on corn is amazing, <laughs> and that one player for the, the Detroit sports team really likes it. She is a a prolific. <laughs> do I need to do I need to pull out my ER coin? I, I need my fucking th thesaurus. Yeah, you do because we're gonna play two meta games here in a minute. But uh, can, just you know, I, I say stick to your gut. Fuck the quarter. I'm okay. Uh, put that on my tombstone. Uh, she goes back. Her very first credit is um, Star Trek, the first Star Trek, sixty-eight Star Trek. Hot damn! Yeah. So that's how far back she goes. You can imagine. The uh, the credits she has. Little House on the Prairie. Gunsmoke. Well, well okay, Gunsmoke was the ER of, like, the 60s through the, the <laughs> 70s. True. Chips. Fantasy Island. Jesus. The Incredible Hulk. Oh, my God. Every 70s show. Happy Days? She was, uh... That's a good question. You know, they, they do this awkwardly where 
And it does, I'm not going to go into my yeah, qualms yeah. with uh, IMDb. But uh, she, so Fantasy Island, Chips, The Incredible Hulk. She was in uh, uh, Salem's Lot, the movie, Ooh. the the um, yeah, Stephen Toby King. Hooper movie, yeah. which creeps me the fuck out. Charles in Charge, she had a 22-run episode. Uh, 22 run episode. <laughs> 22 run. episode. She had the run. runs for 22 episodes? I know. Sounds like me. Um, TJ Hooker, MacGyver. I mean, wow, she, she was all is. She all sounds prolific. Yes, I feel like it's fitting here. Uh, do you want to play the meta game? Yes, I do. She was on ER. She was on ER. Ding 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 ding. You didn't use the quarter. You are still a hundred percent. Okay, I sh- that is a fail quarter. I'm not using that again. <laughs> I, I'm using that bitch to do laundry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I believe she's still alive. She last appeared on something called What a Lark. Uh, I don't know what that is. Hmm. Maybe a TV Land show. I guess. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Julie Cobb. Julie Cobb. Thank yeah. you, Julie, for appearing on ER. And now, James Cromwell. Fucking babe. <laughs> Fucking L.A. Confidential. <laughs> Fucking... There's a big one. Uh... You're getting there. Your face? Landon? <laughs> That's not... He's our connection to home improvement. Now, I'm, I, you, you said that it was okay when I used Blake Clark... Yeah. As our connection, tentatively, yeah. that we were in the same movie together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. We both happened to be in the re- the Adam Sandler remake of The Longest Yard. Yes, yes. Uh, in, used very generously. Very generously. Here's the thing. I'm When you can see me, I share the screen with James Cromwell. Right, of course. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So that brings this uh, th- that connection a little tighter. Still yeah. incredibly tentative. Yeah, I mean, it's very loose, but it's a tighter version of loose. <laughs> it's a t- tighter version of loose. That's a, I mean, do we have to give you the credits of James Cromwell? No. You already James... gave me some off the top of your yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Cromwell, he's a, he's a big dick actor. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek, NGE. Oh, uh, yeah. He one thing I remember him from. Oh God, uh, uh, Star Trek: First Contact. Yeah, he's that from Cochrane. Oh God, I mean, I have to like flip through here. I'm sure he was. I mean, he's been yeah, he's been in a lot of the Star Treks. If he's in Deep Space Nine, he plays uh, one of the the fathers in the Revenge of the Nerd movies. He goes back to Three's Company, oh, so damn. we have a Three's Company connection now. Um, Bosom buddies. Before he like became, I think Babe was his like big breakout into movies. Yeah. Uh, before that, I mean, he was just so active in television. Um, and then he keeps, you know, obviously he's still working like a, a workhorse. Is that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. He was in a movie about a farm. It counts. He yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, here's my question to you, a la our meta game: Was he on ER? My. I, like at first, I was thinking there's no way James Cromwell, old old Jimmy Crumbs, was on ER. <laughs> Jimmy Crumbs. But now that I'm, my gut is telling me yes, because he was probably like a featured guest or extra or something. Because it's like, given that given that he kind of had a resurgence in the '90s with your babes and your LA's confidential. I wouldn't say it's a resurgence. I'd say that's a break. A, a surgence. Yeah. Hey, just a regular surgeon. <laughs> just a regular surgeon. Was he in Star Trek Resurgence? <laughs> no, he was not. Because in that. that's not an actual movie. Yeah, I, I, that sounds like a fan film. Is that, are you, did you did <laughs> you be. did you dream that? What to am be I mixing that up with? Uh, uh, Insurrection, probably. Insurrection, yeah, which was right. a terrible Star Trek movie. Don't let Jonathan Frakes direct. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that yes, he was in ER. Okay. You would be correct. Holy shit, I am so good at guessing if people are on ER. And he wasn't... Can we make the podcast just be you giving me random names and I guess if they're on ER? I'm like, 
I'm like the chicken in Ballad of Buster Scruggs who can do math. That is the <laughs> I have this inexplicable talent. He wasn't useless. a guest star though. Or he was a guest star, but he didn't have just like a bit part. He had a four episode run wow. as someone called Bishop Stewart, which I have to imagine is probably from his uh, Irish Catholic uh, persona. Probably uh, yeah. someone reading the last rites to someone dying in the hospital, or alternately, a chess piece that can only move diagonally. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Oh, you you got me. <laughs> I, li- I like that you, that you that I get nerded for knowing a thing about chess and not for not for knowing the name of the guy who invented warp drive on Star Trek. <laughs> um, wow, that was a juicy character actor corner. It was. It was. Yes. Uh, hopefully, that also helps to um, make up for calling Cheyenne Cheyenne for so long. So, yes. Uh, Thank you, Richard, for helping us uh, with this. I think I've called you Richard twice. I, I know. Well, I am a huge dick. Uh, <laughs> any, anything anything for you, Larry? Oh, man. Um, okay. Do we have anything else in this scene? Yes, we do. We, we have the we whole have, scene. We have the scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy Crumbs yeah. uh, is out there with his wife. Wilson's showing them around. The wife loves the place. Seems like they're going to buy. Asks Wilson to take her back inside to take another look at the kitchen. Is that a gas stove or an electric stove? It's a wood stove. She turns to 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 her husband and goes, "It's wood." <laughs> goes inside. I would say it's cast iron, but it's fueled by wood. Well, well, okay. <laughs> I'd say it's wood stove's monster. <laughs> uh, I, and and Doctor Frankenstein probably did have a wood stove. Um, so, so James Cromwell is out there wearing a hat. He walks up to the fence. Made out to look very much like a Wilson replica. Yes, yes. Because Tim, Tim is trying to, like, gauge, can I get, you know, will I be able to get the same stuff out of this new guy that I'll get out of Wilson? Yeah. And so Tim strikes up a conversation with, uh, with old, old Jiminy Cromsmus. And, uh, and... His name's Fred. Fred. (laughs) And Fred says to him, uh, Hey, aren't you the guy with a cable show on channel 122? And (laughs) this gets a laugh from the audience. And Tim kind of nods and goes, Yeah, on the weekends we simulcast in Spanish on 88. (laughs) Which I love the... I love just the idea that there's some... Some poor Spanish-speaking people who have to translate all of Tim's shitty jokes and burns on Al into Spanish. <laughs> yeah. And there's someone who has to translate Al pouting about it into <laughs> Spanish as well. Oh my god, I want to be... Well, I guess I don't speak Spanish, but I would love to be the, the voice actor who has to, to redub their voices. Because uh, uh, that's clearly... It's a dub job. They're certainly not paying for subtitles for that thing. Yeah. yeah uh, let's see. Yo no... I'm trying. What is Spanish for think? Yo no, yo no pienso. Uh, no, no pienso, team. <laughs> um, uh, my okay. You know what? Uh, uh, one one of our Patreon sponsors also speaks Spanish. So maybe more than one. We don't know. Maybe more than one. Maybe more. So okay, someone write in and 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 help us out with that Spanish language corner. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, or any of our regular. You don't have to be a Patreon sponsor to write yeah. in. Any of our regular listeners, let us know. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Um, so, uh, Fred asks if there's anything wrong with the house. I think both of us thought, like, okay, Tim is gonna torpedo this, say that the house is all fucked up to keep them from buying it. Yes. Did you catch this moment that I went through on the couch? Uh, I, I, well, you kind of breathed a sigh of relief when he didn't do it. Yes, I, I was like, this is a moment where I'm like, oh my god, don't allow the old Tim back in. Yeah. Like, this is a moment where you're gonna fuck up an opportunity for somebody else because of your own selfish needs. Yeah. And I was like, I was holding my breath. I'm like, God, don't do it. Don't do it. And you could see him wrestle with it. Yeah. 
And then he goes, no, he takes really good care of it. Which was great. Oh, my That's God. That's a surprising my moment. My heart grew ten times today. That was a really – way to go, Tim Taylor. That is a total bro move. Yes. Very nice. Very nice thing. I will tell you right now, if this sort of conundrum came up on Cheers or Frasier – uh, Frazier or any of the Cheers characters totally would have in the first act of the show <laughs> torpedoed the sale and then in the end had to go back and fix it. But yes. no, Tim Taylor in this case uh, has more uh, depth than than the people on Cheers. Mark it. <laughs> uh, so, Crazy. But, so then he, but he starts asking all these questions of, uh, of Fred. Uh, now I understand this. Can you do a horny possum call? <laughs> he, yeah, he says, he says, do you ever say Heidi Ho? And Fred goes... Uh, yeah, not unless it's when I'm when it's off to work I go. Uh, do you do a horny possum call? What are you, some kind of pervert? <laughs> the third thing he asks is, do you own an African circumcision mask? And <laughs> like, what's the name of his wife? Francine. Francine. So he he's so shocked by this. Like, he, he, basically, he turns away from the fence and yells, Francine! At the same time as Tim turns away from the fence yelling, Jill! And they both march off back into the houses <laughs> as the fence rockets up into the air. Oh my god, transition. That, that transition like scared me. It was a good little scene, though. It I, was. I, I like the scene. Yeah, I, I, and I liked how it ended, too, with them both storming off in different directions. It felt very much like a almost a silent film gag. I, like, the, the writing and the shooting is just getting better. It's yeah. really, like, hitting a stride. We've had a weirdly good run of episodes lately. <laughs> Uh, or, or maybe it's just because the quality of the Cheers episodes I've been watching has been kind of going in the opposite direction. Yeah, but I've really been know. watching Frasier, and I can say that Home Improvement's good. Yeah. We, we have a, I think, between the two of us, we can firmly, firmly say that Home Improvement is better the, this season than last. Home Improvement has improved. Yes. In our homes. <laughs> uh, so after our fence rocket, we cut to uh, the backyard where... Uh, Tim and Wilson are both doing various jobs uh, in their own backyards. Yeah. T- uh, Wilson is trying to cement something in his backyard, patch up the house. He's, he's mixing up cement to patch up his driveway, yeah. but the cement is too lumpy. Tim is trying to patch the hole in which the rat got into the house. Ah, yes. And Another cameo for the rat bit. They just begin their little conversation here. Most of my notes are in all caps. Because I was the one revelation after next year. This scene was great. This was a brilliant, brilliant scene. So, long story short, uh, Tim like the the cement is too lumpy. Tim says well, you got to add more water to it. He goes over to help Wilson with this. Wilson's uh, hose is broken. The handle thing comes off the hose. So uh, Tim stays on Wilson's side of the fence and says, Wilson, go over. You can use my hose. Turn on the water over there. So Wilson goes over to Tim's side of the fence, Mm -hmm. unspools the hose, hands it over the fence to Tim, and turns on the water so Tim can start adding water to the cement. As this is happening, as they start doing this, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, there's there's that gif of of or like from a from some pro wrestling thing where it's like Vince McMahon sitting there getting more <laughs> yes. and more and more wildly excited <laughs> until he, he finally knocks his chair over backwards like he just can't handle it <laughs> that anymore it disturbs me so much well pu- like put it out there officially when we release this episode so people understand because that was me I'm just like are they doing it are they doing it oh shit oh <laughs> shit it was it was great man um yeah so yeah, so they they invert their mm-hmm. normal positions, and what's also kind of a subversion of what's going on here. Or Wilson is, I think this is a subversion. This is less of an. In, I mean, the the swapping is an inversion. What I'm about to say, I feel is like a subversion because they do it on a submarine. <laughs> exactly. They do it while eating a long Italian sandwich, <laughs> a gabagool. Yeah, um, gabagool sandwiches, dude. We are. The subversion is that Tim is usually approaching Wilson with a problem. Mm-hmm. The problem this time 
is that it's between Tim and Wilson. Oh, We've never seen that yeah, before. Yeah, that is true. That is true. That's interesting to me. And yeah. that that is the crux of like it almost felt like the the three and a half seasons that we've watched so far was building to this moment. Yeah. Uh I could have easily seen this as like um a scene at the end of the series. Yeah. Like when you know, whatever they decide, I don't want to spoil anything if you don't remember, but uh if things happen and you know you have to wrap up these storylines that there would be a conflict between the two of them of how are you going to resolve this series? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it happens here and it's it just like, it's so powerful because there's so much behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There's just so much history and this is the first time we've ever seen this thing. Right. So Tim, uh, well, like Wilson asks Tim if he can basically use him as a sounding board or if he can right. talk to him about something that's been on his mind. And Wilson starts opening up about like, well, you know, I, I think you remember I told you and Jill some time ago about how I used to be married to my wife, Catherine, who died shortly before I moved in here. Just, just okay. I'm going to, I couldn't slow down Wilson, so I'm going to slow yeah. you down while yeah. we go through this. I want to just point out all the new information we have about Wilson Ugh. all of a sudden. We now know he was married. Mm-hmm. We know that his wife was named Catherine, yes. I, which, you know, I guess she would have to have a name. Uh, so that's not big, but wouldn't we can shock put a name me to if, it. if Wilson had somehow been married to a nameless woman because she came from an Eskimo tribe that doesn't name their children or, or yeah, whatever. Fair, yeah. Or her name was just a symbol. <laughs> the person formerly known as Wilson's wife, yeah, uh, which is true because he's also a widower, yeah. So we kind of speculated in the past whether or not he was always single or a widower, and yeah. now we know. Um, so okay, I'm gonna uh, hit the resume button on you. <laughs> okay, I'm like the, the Cronenberg with a VHS tape in my yep. stomach. Uh, so yeah, she died uh, shortly before he moved in, uh, and he reveals that he met he and Catherine met in the Mindonambio jungle in the first place, mm-hmm. and their plan was to move back there in time for their 25th anniversary. And in fact, their 25th anniversary, what would have been their 25th anniversary, is coming up, and which is wild to me when you think about the fact that. She didn't. She didn't exist in the Taylor's experience of Wilson, which has been about fifteen years. At this point, I would say it's it's thirteen. Okay, because uh, yeah. it was last year, last season. It was twelve. Yeah, and well, so borderline. We're on the cusp. Mm-hmm. So thirteen. So they would have only been married for about ten years. Say say she died the day the Taylors moved in. Oof. Well, that that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that leads to a lot of questions. That's oddly yeah. specific. Odd, well, I'm just saying, like, if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, like, the last possible moment, that's only ten years of marriage. That's... Yeah, just, just one more thing, Mr. Taylor. You say that <laughs> Catherine Wilson died on the day you moved in? <laughs> I love it. I haven't got, I haven't got any more Columboisms. <laughs> um, so, that, I mean, which would mean if he met her only about ten years before that, he couldn't have lived in this house for very long. No, I, I, I suppose not. Yeah. I, it, I I haven't got anything more than that. I mean, it's just it for me. I was just focusing on how sad it is that mm. he had this woman who he loved so much and all these plans with. It's straight out of Up. Do you think she lived in this house? And if so, upon her departure, do you think he's been constantly taking up these hobbies and acquiring all of these worldly artifacts to fill the space that she once filled because he can't stand being in the spaces that she used to be in without her? Uh, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, they met in this forest because she was waiting to see the night-blooming orchids, and he was there because he's a fan of flying uh, mammals. Yeah. And and so basically they met uh, while waiting for the night-blooming orchids to be pollinated by the bats. Uh, so Wilson already had weird tastes and, he had a and eccentric taste, but interests. Not necessarily a collector. 
true. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I if think... you're a transient, if you're going to the Ecuador jungle, you're not leaving a storage unit behind of uh, circumcision masks. Well, let's not <laughs> let's not presuppose anything about sure. anyone. Okay, fair. I think that I think that's you know what I I I think that yes he is yeah I think he is filling up a void that was left by her because I mean you don't simply have time to take on that many things if you've got somebody else in your life I, you know he hasn't got time for all of that stuff and also she'd probably have her own interests and hobbies and things filling up that house yeah as you look around my apartment here <laughs> with books overflowing you know. Our <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I realized kind of as I was saying it that I was painting a darker picture. But uh, but you went on a date today. Hey, it's gonna be fine. Everyone's happy. It's good. Oh my god. Um. I yeah. So I think that um. Yeah, I think that to some extent that's that's uh, what he is doing. That's what he's uh, kind of compensating for. But so Wilson talks about in probably the most emotional and heartrending oh, moment. So good. He says that, you know, it's been so long, she's been dead for so long that he feels like he's losing his memories of her, which <sighs> feels kind of like he's losing her all over again. Oh my god, it's making me tear up it, just it's, hearing it's, you talk about it's it. It's making it's getting I'm getting a little choked up too, man. That that <laughs> that uh Earl Hindman, he he he's, he knows he knows oh, what man. he's doing. Yeah. And he says like he wants to go back to just try and reconnect with uh with his beloved Catherine. And it's like and you know what, Tim takes this information like well like he's like you know i you know tim doesn't goof on this information no doesn't make some cruel joke he is taking it very seriously which is surprising to me and he's not like that they didn't make more of a joke out of him trying to be wilson yeah like they they could have easily gone in that direction i feel like even last season they would have yeah but they actually like legitimately make him experience like uh what it's like to listen to somebody's problems. Well, and he says something to him like, well, it kind of, you know, hearing you talk about her kind of feels a little bit like, like she's here now or something like that. Mm-hmm. He, sa- he says, he, you know, Tim just makes this insightful remark. Yeah, that, it was very poignant for yeah, Tim. Hearing, hearing, you know, hearing you talk about her, it feels like kind of like she's back. And Wilson says, well, yes, I suppose she does. And then Tim says, well, you know, neighbor, there's a quote by a great philosopher by the name of Mario Andretti. <laughs> says, you don't need the ignition in the car to keep the thrill of the race alive. You just need to keep in touch with your pit crew. And Wilson, in true Tim fashion, doesn't understand this. Although, admittedly, Truman didn't understand it either. <laughs> and Tim says, you don't need to move there to keep the memory of Catherine alive. You just got to share it with the people who are here now. Yeah. And... Well, and and Tim goes on to say, you know, when when you when you talk to me, like I might not understand every word, but I'm here and I listen, right? Which is really, you know, really sweet, man. And it like made me really feel for the like they very deftly made me appreciate this kind of strange relationship that these two guys have. And it like I, after everything I've seen of Tim, <laughs> to, like every every impulse I have to not like and not trust Tim, seeing him say that, it's like wow, you. Yeah, you know, man, I I buy you loving this guy, and I wish that you would treat Al with the same level of kind of deference and respect and sensitivity, but... I, I don't know. I, I it, was, it was very good. I give I, Tim high regard. And Tim Allen, great acting in this yeah, scene. Yeah, the, both of them. Obviously, yeah. Earl Hinman, for sure. But yeah, but yeah both of them are, are very deft at it. I'm going to make a bold statement that yeah. I, I, I'm ready to say Tim Tim has reached status quo level for me. I, I would say in these past few episodes, he's done a really good yeah. job. Like I, This show has a long track record of us thinking it's doing one True. thing and then bucking us like the mechanical bull that Cliff rides on the high setting in the most recent episode of Cheers I watched. So who knows? But that's why it's such a bold statement. But I, I feel like I'm ready to say it. You're ready to love again? Yeah, I might be. I No, I look, 
you know, I want to believe. And if you if you believe, I'll believe too. I, I hope that it I hope that it continues on this trajectory. Uh I, I just have one more question for you regarding the scene. Yeah. Do you know if Mario is the father of the son of the Andretti's? Uh <laughs> he is the older brother. <laughs> I think that I think that's which one he is. Oh my and he, he's the one who always says, It's a me, Mario, a Gabagool, uh pizza pie. <laughs> Uh, so, anyway, so, but, but Wilson hearing this yeah. says, you know, I, well, neighbor, I, I think, I think you're right. I, I don't think I need to move. He ba- which admittedly, it's kind of a, kind of a big life decision to make spontaneously right then True, and there. Right. But, but also you can make the argument that he was doing, cause he was in an emotional state that, that Tim has kind of helped bring him out of or give him a new perspective on. Yeah. And so Wilson invites Tim inside. He comes back around the fence, invites Tim inside to show him a picture of Catherine and Tim, Tim, says a line that leads to a like tim asks a question that we've been asking repeatedly in our earlier seasons and wilson gives a juicy answer and what is that question because i was looking at the internet <sighs> were you looking at how to hide that you're crying.com <laughs> no to be perfectly honest this is way more pathetic i was looking up a male's name so that i can accidentally call you it later because <laughs> i couldn't think of a single man name for a guy who was moved to tears like 30 seconds before you got back down to business pretty quick i uh, <laughs> They're going inside. Tim says, what else did I know about you, Wilson? Did you used to be a spy? And Wilson says, well, I'd tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> well, we, we never speculated that Wilson was a spy. We might have speculated we, witness we, protection. We speculated a lot of stuff. We speculated yeah, witness true. protection in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is right, Richard. Uh, thank is that you. The, is that the name you looked up? <laughs> the name you've called me three fucking times now? I'm so glad, Landon. I'm so glad you took the time to do research on names of people. You could have just pulled up a random name generator, set it to generate 50 names, and been hot to trot for the next three episodes. But, oh God. Uh, I'm just going to say that that's what I did, and it came up Richard. Um, it, 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 the, the algorithm broke, and it only gave you Richard. The odds of that are incredible. That's like rolling a 20 three times on a 20-sided dice. Um, nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, that and not the Zephram Cochran bit. Uh so I, we transition somehow to the next scene, and we come back to Wilson in his backyard blowing on a conch shell. Jill hears it, and it's his turn to talk. That's a Lord of the Flies reference, guys. I'm sorry, I can't nerd <laughs> through the tears. <laughs> uh, oh. now, now you're now you're now you're trying to pretend like you're crying because if you're laughing, but it's actually you're still thinking about dear departed Catherine. That's true. Uh, Catherine, star of the departed. Uh, so Jill <laughs> hears the conch shell getting blown, and she oh, comes out back, man. and Wilson explains that uh, this is a Hawaiian Thanksgiving tradition, and blown on a conch shell. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> what you say is true. Okay, I didn't know if you had if you wanted to jump in. No, my brain has officially stopped for oh, this episode. Okay, very good, very good. <laughs> Landon's brain is in the union, and it's doing a work stoppage. <laughs> uh, that's not a diss on unions. Everyone go unionize. Um, so, so she comes out back, he explains that it's a Thanksgiving tradition. She says, well, this year I'm thankful that you're staying because we really love you and we love having you back here. And, uh, Wilson says, well, I, you know, we can credit, uh, Tim for uh, helping me out and giving me the advice that got me to, got me to do the right thing. And Jill says, okay, so that's Tim one, Wilson (laughs) 10,000. And Wilson, God bless him, says, well, I don't really count. I don't keep track. Yeah. What a guy. Wish we could all be more like Wilson. 
And then he asks if uh, uh, Jill wants to see one of his wedding pictures. First, he says, first he says, we got so many, you know, she thanks him again for Thanksgiving dinner. And he says, oh, I've got plenty of leftovers. Maybe tomorrow you'd like to come over to, for lunch to have some <laughs> eel keys, yeah. some, some eel lettuce and tomatoes. And Jill goes, oh, you know, Wilson, I think I'm allergic to eel. And Wilson says, oh, so was Catherine. Either that or she just didn't like it and was being polite. And Jill goes, I think Catherine and I had a lot in common, <laughs> which I got a laugh out of. And then Wilson goes, I think you did. And then I was like, oh, man, it explains why they're such good friends. Oh. I like that. Yeah. And then he says, would you like to see uh, one of our wedding photographs? Yes. And uh, we get to see it as the audience as well. Huzzah. Uh, briefly get to see um Catherine. uh their face is obscured both of their faces are obscured just like wilson's mother yeah um <laughs> it runs by, in the family <laughs> by the wedding cake uh also they have jungle foliage in the background so i guess they got not only did they meet in the jungle they got married, married in the jungle in the, maybe that's not u.s legal oh oh they, so they were never truly married not here at least yeah you know there's no paperwork for that Ooh, who knows I mean, hey, I mean, maybe they had a ceremony and they got back some someone ordained tim could do it yeah tim's ordained yeah um but my my main note or from the, the reverend from soul man <laughs> my main note from the uh photograph was that wilson had long hair yes he did which was interesting it's a weird look on wilson yeah i mean i'm not even used to seeing him without a hat let alone yeah. long hair and, and for having made a joke about how he's been wearing the same hat for all this time he goes hatless for the first half of the episode topless yeah. if you will yeah yeah our eel cakes tapas i told you my brain stopped working yeah and you were not joking <laughs> we go to the outtakes where wilson fucks up a line um and we get a rat bloop <laughs> that sounds like you have to clarify that limit. It sounds, okay sorry it sounds sorry like... a rat runs on screen and fucks up its lines yeah <laughs> he, he he went eh, and it was supposed to be squeak no, but but uh, when one of the bloops happens, they do the uh, the X sign over the camera very quickly with a boop noise, and yeah. there's a picture of a rat superimposed, just, just like the picture of the wallaby. Yeah, that we saw. What was it last week or two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. Um, which we we did freeze frame. We shared with everyone. It's definitely, if not a wallaby, it's definitely a marsupial. Just supposed to be like a wallaby. This is so. I mean, Welcome these things marsupial work go so quickly that you know it, it's funny that this is just for them i know like the editor is only putting that in there for himself yeah or it, herself little Larks. time capsule yeah. little me- like I, I hope i i hope that in the future we don't see one where it like flashes on screen the words like help me i've been locked in the editing bay they're not paying me any food <laughs> and then we have to solve the mystery hey man then it becomes a true crime podcast this is why i've been looking at the calendars all fucking uh, season that is season series that is that is the ultimate creepy pasta that two people doing a podcast about an old sitcom find like some <laughs> hidden hidden terrible mystery or crime in the in, in the uh, in the close analysis we're gonna there's something there um so uh yeah so it was a rat bloop uh i wrote that down executive producer carmen <laughs> finiestra <laughs> ding <laughs> end of episode which takes us to i was just doing music i'm doing it backwards oh oh i see i see okay. which is the theme song to the <gasps> grunt count uh well, brought to you by john Voorhees. okay well that's one grunt for you in fact actually several grunts because you did all those ones in the talk scene at the beginning and i want to guess okay is it zero it is zero <laughs> robots would read this as one of two potential 
I don't really know how binary code works, but this counts as binary code. <laughs> it counts as a zero. It counts as a zero. Because they it, don't differentiate. True. It represents absence <laughs> instead of presence. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so zero. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the grunt count hints that I'm going to give this week for the newsletter. Uh, well, I think it was it the ancient Aztecs were the first civilization to develop the concept of a number to denote nothing. Well, look at you being a fucking nerd again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I watched Stand and Deliver in math class when the teacher was hungover one day, and and Jaime Escalante, played by Edward James Olmos to get his uh, Latino <laughs> students to pay attention explains that it was people of Mexican heritage who uh, invented the concept of zero. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I remember that. Do I remember anything else I learned in what? that fucking class? Do I remember how to multiply fractions? Do I remember algebra? No, sir. But do I remember one one-off line from a movie I saw one time 12 years ago? Yes. You know what? You just sold me on it. Because uh, the nerd thing that I was going to do that I always do is try to tie it to a film. Okay. So now that you have given me my hints, uh, I'm going to credit you on our newsletter this week. That's that's great. I mean, as 50% of the podcast, I would hope my name shows up somewhere in that newsletter. But I also... I, I also it does. Don't... It says Richard all over. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Is it... Is it maybe because Richard Karn is on your mind a lot that this happens to be showing up so much in your fake names of me? Landon, <laughs> by the way, by the uh -huh. way, Cheyenne and everyone else, I want to let you know, Landon texted me ahead of time like, hey, Truman, I got this kind of comedy bit idea for this episode where we call each other by the wrong names. <laughs> and to see how unprepared. I'm sorry, I don't want to dunk on you too much, uh, but it's fun. Or is this the performance? Oh, wow. Well, all the world's a stage. It's a real, it's real synecdoche New York. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to cover? I in have long ass. I have episode? nothing else I want All to right. cover. I want to thank everyone for reaching out and saying hi uh, in our new uh, segment. Reach out and say hi to us, Corner. I've already forgotten the name of the segment again Twitter time. Twitter time. Or tweet time. Tweet time. Tweet time. You, you forgot it as well. Yeah, but I remembered more of it. <laughs> Fair. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, my God, we're unraveling. If you enjoyed today's episode uh, and you want to help us create even better content, there's something you can do, guys. You can consider becoming an official grunthead. You get a stamp of approval. Yep. Stamps not included. Uh, but approval is free. <laughs> but approval is free uh, by sponsoring us on Patreon. Yeah, and when you sponsor us on Patreon, you get access to all kinds of just the truly the dopest shit uh, dopest of all would be access to our supplemental podcast, Gruntwork Nights, which yes. is a podcast about everything but the TV series Home Improvement. So if you listen to this and we're like, I love, I love, like, my biggest complaint about this hour and 45 minutes of bullshit was that they were just too focused and too on task. If I could get something where it's just, where they're not bound by anything whatsoever, <laughs> um, then may, then consider listening to Gruntwork Nights. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. They're, they're pretty topic oriented. We, Actually, we keep true. It, yeah, yeah. And they're, we keep and they're it more under wraps, I think. And they're, and they're generally shorter than this, too. Yeah. They're they're about twenty to thirty minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we cover all kinds of topics. And yeah, you can as a uh, sponsor on our Patreon, you can actually suggest a topic. Yes, and also as a uh, Patreon sponsor, you'll also get access to uh, certain bonus uh, episodes that we do when we hit various funding goals, such as yeah. our upcoming podcast all about the first season of Frasier. Oh, it is my God. a big. 
look, look, it is this this it is the biggest tossed salad with some of the hardiest scrambled ostrich eggs uh, <laughs> of Frasier oriented content you could hope to get. We we touch on we perhaps are too excessive in talking about every episode in the first season, but we talk about a lot of Frasier stuff. So if that kind of stuff gets your Jimmy's wrestled, then you might want to be a Patreon sponsor. Well, Jimmy, I really really enjoyed doing that episode. Uh, Thanks, Russell, <laughs> and I. Look forward to doing more in the future. Uh, I, we have 11 seasons to cover. Uh, mm. We're not going to start our own podcast on it. Some people have suggested, oh, maybe you step into that after uh, after you do Home Improvement. Uh, you know, there are other Frasier podcasts out there I mean, that can live in there. Kevin Smith has one, but they haven't done an episode in, like, months. True. There's this really great uh, New York comedian named Anita Flores who oh, yeah. uh, has a podcast called I'm Listening that is all dedicated to Frasier. It's, she's a fantastic comedian. Um, I don't want to step on her toes. I mean, there's there's room in the world for there's a whole lot of phrase. <laughs> People will probably want to tune in for our uh, spicy takes on 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 the phrase. But uh... there's not going to be as much <clears throat> diversity of opinion though, because it's just going to be exactly. me going like, it's just so great, it's just so amazing. Kelsey Grammer, break open. Oh I mean, there's a lot to break open, but there's not a lot to complain about. Yeah, it's those <laughs> eggs. You can't you can't make a tossed salad and scrambled eggs without breaking a few eggs. I'm going to push forward in this outro. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/GruntWorkPod. Uh, we'd love to see you over there. There's going to be lots of cool stuff in the future. We're still working on all kinds of new things. Um, if you want to help others find this show, our main show, consider leaving us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yes. Because when you do, Truman, tell them what they get. Well, you'll get us hanging upside down in your backyard doing uh, doing possum mating calls, which will be the milkshake necessary to bring all the horny possums to your yard. <laughs> And please stop by and say hi to us on Twitter like you guys did today uh, with an amazing unprompted uh, GIF storm. I loved it. A gallery of GIFs. (laughs) On Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram where you can find us at GruntWorkPod. A gallery of GIFs. (laughs) You can find information on today's show on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for that newsletter we were talking about a little while ago. Uh, where you can get notified whenever a new episode is released, as well as get all kinds of fun little content. Uh, And until next week when we cover another episode of Home Improvement, not Muppet Babies, but Home Improvement. Ah, shit. Are you sure it couldn't be just a little bit Muppet Babies? Nope. We're doing, we've committed, we're going to see this through to the end. Okay, well, I've been Truman Caps. I've been Landon Solano, and I didn't write an outro for this. Smooth. Smooth. Just gets better every time. (laughs) Ah!